Do you want to hear about great work happening in schools around the world? Just Schools are life-giving places that address feedback, engagement, and well-being for each student. This concept is founded on love and justice for each student. Dr. John Eckert digs deep into the current educational landscape with research, experience, and a good dose of humor and humility. Join us in the desire to do justice, love kindness, and walk with confident humility. Get inspired with stories of improvement in the profession that makes all others possible. Welcome back to this episode of Just Schools. Today, I'm really excited because we're here with a good friend, an advisory board member for the Baylor Center for School Leadership. He's a pastor, he's an author, and he's got a way bigger podcast than Just Schools that I listen to every week. Uh, so we have with us today, Jonathan Bucluda, JP. He has been a good friend now for several years and is all in on supporting educators. He's our first non-educator that we've talked to on Just Schools, but I think it's because he has a great perspective, particularly on people in their 20s and 30s and how they think about vocation and what they do. So, when we got to chapter three of the book, Humans Before Outcomes, I thought it would be great to talk to JP a little bit about what he's hearing from educators, particularly because he has such a wide audience and so many people reach out to him for advice, reach out to him for encouragement, and he's able to speak into that. So, JP, thanks for being with us. And just tell us a little bit about what, what you're hearing from teachers and administrators right now. John, thanks for having me on, man. I love seeing where you work and and what you do. And uh, yeah, this is where the magic happens. So, thanks for having me on, bro. <laughs> it makes you feel better about your podcast. No, it does, no, it does <laughs> not. Man, this is incredible. And you have, you have uh, quite the book collection, so you guys <laughs> okay. can't see what I'm looking at. But uh, there are a lot of thick books on the wall. <laughs> so, uh, if nothing else, that's, that's some credibility. You got to keep up the facade, JP. <laughs> so, what I'm seeing with educators is, I would say, growing challenges. Now, in any season, and I've only lived kind of in the, the generation, the time and scope that I've lived, but in looking backwards and talking to people uh, older than me, I grew up in an educator's home. My mother was an elementary school teacher. She taught lots of different grades and then became a, a guidance counselor, a school counselor. And so that was my entire time at home. I think there are challenges with any occupation right now that brings order because oh, there yeah. is an affinity, a desire to go outside the lines. And so, if you are in a position to bring about order, to teach uh, along a line of reason, thinking, logic, to uh, call people to follow rules, you are in a real predicament today. Now, that has been, if we look backwards in different ways, uh, in different space, different time, but I think especially right now, in the 21st century, you're seeing real challenges that. And so, man, I see teachers as tired. Um, I see sometimes I have conversations that can feel rather hopeless or that at least they're in a position where they feel hopeless. They don't feel supported. Uh, a lot of times, especially with younger educators, they would say, you know, the students are fine. The challenges with the parents. I hear that a lot uh, amongst older educators, um, uh, professors uh, at the higher education level. 
they enjoy the freedoms that they have, but they also feel like they can't uh, teach everything they they want to. They they feel held back by people over them, and so those are some of the the murmurings that I'm hearing. Yeah, no, that's, I'm glad to hear it's just murmuring. It sometimes feels like a dull roar in my ears sure. of people as we talk to people about going into leadership and joining our programs and doing the work we're doing at Baylor. We're exhausted. We don't yeah. have any margin for anything. And they feel like, especially if they've been grounding their identity and their performance, yeah. that it's really hard to perform in a way right now that feels fulfilling. And so, my question for you is, as a pastor, as a friend who comes alongside a lot of people that do this work is, how do we get educators, and, and this really is true for anyone, yeah. educators just feel it pretty intensely right now, how do we get them to ground their identity in something more substantial and sustainable moving forward. So the work is something they can continue doing for however long the Lord calls them to it. Yeah, let me say something practical for anyone listening right now that I think uh, can happen in any city, in any place, and in any institution, which is huddle up with other people, other like-minded people in the same space. And so something that we call affinity groups, where you take uh, all of your college professors or higher educators or elementary school teachers, public uh, educators, get them in a room and just say, hey, what are you seeing? Get them talking. Hey, what's working? Hey, how do you do this? What does it look like to be a, a light where you're at? How are you offering students hope? What do you, How are you pointing them to truth? What are the challenges that you're, you're facing? And begin to talk and learn from each other. There, there's nothing new under the sun to kind of narrow into your question. Hey, how do you stay grounded? What I continue to see, like I'm a simple guy. I, um, at some point in my own journey, I have stumbled across the gospel and and placed my my faith and hope in Jesus Christ. And so, and at some point in that, tried to figure out, all right, what do I believe to be true? And continue to find this collection of 66 books. I'm a pastor, so I can't not talk about this because it is, uh, you know, in, in my authority, my conscience, my guide. And so, he says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so, there has to be this continued reminder where we say, okay, why do I do this? What is the end game? I I am, you know, a reminder of, hey, I'm running the marathon. I know that, you know, even for me personally, John, I bumped up against a teacher that I know that I was a problem for. I mean, I was a prodigal, you know, I was misdirected youth. And I bumped into her at Walmart 16 years later. And I just stopped her. I mean, I put my hand on her shoulders. I looked deep in her eyes and I just said, thank you. You have no idea the impact you've made on my life. Uh, I think about lessons that I learned from you. You were teaching math. I was learning life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. the reality. You you were up there on the chalkboard and I was learning what it means to be a person of character and integrity mm-hmm. from you. And I just, I want to thank you. And, and she, had I not had that conversation, she would have never known. She would have just thought, oh man, you know, Jonathan in my class was, <laughs> he was always getting in trouble. And, uh, and she doesn't know, you know, I think about Hebrews 11, like these, some of these guys were sawed in two and then they, they, they suffered, men and women suffered and never saw the fruit of their labor. And I, I, I think about missionaries, that's what's happening with teachers. 
And so if you don't have a conversation in Walmart, like this specific teacher did, then you need to, you know, remind yourself, Hey, here's, here's my why you got to have a death grip on your why. Like, let's be honest, every single pair of ears hearing has a higher earning potential than what they're realizing. Mm. That's the truth. We, we can unleash your gifts in, in the marketplace and you could probably make more money and in probably easier ways. So you have to have a death grip on your why, your motive. And that's that renewing of your mind. And that's the, hey, what's going to matter a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, a hundred thousand years from now. And you're, you're storing up those treasures in eternity. Yeah, in the intro to Jeff Schools, we always talk about this being the profession that makes all others possible, which is which is a cool way to think about teaching, but it's about so much more than that. And yeah. so John Steinbeck in his poem, like Captured Fireflies, when you sit share this, this made me think of it. Yeah. A teacher has students that Steinbeck describes as the unsigned manuscript of yeah. that teacher, and that there's deathless power that lies in the hands of such a person. And so I think Steinbeck's not thinking about that necessarily from a Christian perspective, but what we see happen in eternity yeah. echoes from what we do here. That's right. And so teachers have this great, and administrators have this great opportunity to do this work that matters, but it can't be about them performing. It can't yeah. be for that teacher waiting for you to find her 16 years later and say what she did mattered. If that's yeah. where she gets her worth, those conversations rarely happen. And the reason why it's memorable is it's fairly unique. Yeah. And so the question that I have following up on that is, as educators that ground their work in the wide, that they're called to the renewing of their minds, they're called to serving students because of the grace that flows through them because of what they believe about yeah. others. How do you integrate work and life in a way that's sustainable? Because Adam Grant says work-life balance is impossible. Everybody yeah. talks about it. Nobody's ever achieved it. And yeah. I can't say I've ever met anyone that said, hey, I've hit work-life balance. And you and I have talked about this. We love our work. Our work takes us away from our families in ways that we don't love. Yeah. But uh, Adam Grant proposes work-life rhythm, that there's yeah. a rhythm to it. And in the in the chapter th in chapter three, I talk about work-life integration. Yeah. How do you make it so the life-giving parts of your work, the life life-giving parts of family life, the things outside of work, feed each other yeah. so that you're a flourishing human being. How do you see people doing that? It's particularly Christians that should have a handle on where the truth is for doing yeah. that well, should know their why. Where do you see that working well, maybe in your own life or in educators that you see around you doing that work well? Well, let me, let me just say this, John. Um, this is a, a minimal prep podcast. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, four minutes ago, I was trying to navigate the um, parking garages <laughs> of Baylor University, and uh, and here I am sitting with you in the studio, and I, I want to say this to the people, and please don't edit this out. I'm asking you not to, <laughs> okay. is is you are incredible at this. There's no flattery, right? And what you didn't say, I don't know if you said this in the intro, is, is we're neighbors. And so, I live across the street from this guy. And, uh, and you do an exceptional job of, uh, in, in an appropriate ways, bringing your family with you, letting them see the challenges that you face and raising up your children in and through that. And I, in the book, and I'm, I'm going to say this real quick. If you are an administrator, if you are an educator, please do not go another day without getting your hands on this book. And I tend to agree with you in chapter three that it's it's not work-life balance. It is work-life integration. Like it's, we cannot bifurcate these 
I, these realities in our world that it's like, hey, I'm a pastor until five, and then I'm no longer a pastor. I'm an I'm an educator until three thirty, and then I'm no longer an educator. No, I am always a dad. I'm always a pastor. I'm always a follower of Jesus. I'm always a teacher. I'm always a husband. I mean, these are realities that I am at any given time when I'm sleeping at three thirty in the morning. I am all of those things. Then there's no point in me pretending that I'm not. And so it changes the way that I answer the question of, hey, how was your day? It's It really is, hey, gather around. Let's talk about how my day was. Uh, not because I want the spotlight, but because if there's anything meaningful that I experienced today or anything that I learned along my journey, I want you to know. Uh, I, want, I, want, I want us as a family unit to be aware of what's of what's going on if you are an educator you're an educator when you're sitting at chili's you know ordering chips and queso you're still an educator and and you're always you're always learning what's what i i know is true of everyone who's listening you're learners which makes you leaders and uh and as learners you're always an educator you're always looking for that teaching opportunity and that's what makes you guys uh guys men and women amazing educators because you're looking for those teachable moments, those, those teachable opportunities. And so that's the phrase, the question again, I want to make sure that I, I hit yeah, the no. bullseye there. And so how do we move from this work-life balance, which is impossible yeah, right. to beyond even work-life life rhythm to yeah. work-life integration yeah. where the flourishing parts of work, the life-giving parts of work, the life-giving parts of home, friends, family, those become something that help you flourish so yeah. that others can flourish because of the work you do. Yeah. Everybody listening right now, take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose, <laughs> you know, eight seconds. Exhale through your mouth, you know, eight seconds. And and just say with me, I can't balance it all. I, I can't balance it all. I do the best you can in the moment with where you're at and and then rest well and sleep like a baby and and you know if if hopefully if you have a faith again i do i i trust an authority much bigger than me uh that is at work and i i maintain that hope that he is at work that he's doing things that i can't see but be the best you can in the time and the space that you have uh, be authentic don't feel like you have to manage perception because that's going to create burnout so fast and john again i think you're excellent at that mm-hmm. just you you're the same person in the classroom you're the same person at home you're the same same person at church same person in the in the community and so just be who you are you know a friend told me a long time ago know know yourself like yourself be yourself mm-hmm. know yourself be yourself like yourself and it's i think what I would say to educators too, I want to tag this on is just, man, your work matters. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've, I've said for a long time and I've been to Haiti, I've been to Brazil, I've been to different parts of Africa. And I said the, the darkest mission field is corporate America. Cause that, that's mm. my background. I come from corporate America, but I would say equally a challenging mission field is the classroom. Mm. And, um, and you guys, you, you get to be places and touch the lives of students that in ways that no one else will. And I want you to know that your work really, it is very sacred work. So, no, that's a great, that's a great final word. And, and I do think the work, you know, you have to be willing to put your flaws out there. So you can't, 
present this image that I've got everything figured out. And that'd be the only caution I'd have, because I think you, you are very transparent about this from the pulpit and podcasts and your writing, uh, you know, the becoming something podcast is all about, Hey, let's your mess is your message. Like mm-hmm. it isn't about having everything together. So I certainly don't want people to hear that as my neighbor, as my friend, as my pastor, that you see this version of me, that's this buttoned up all figured out version. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, quirky flaws even me trying to send you a text to get you directions <laughs> on the Baylor's campus that I, the text back was you just stressed me out with that so <laughs> we uh we got you here yeah. that was impressive we, it, minimal prep podcast is John's just so smart he doesn't he doesn't uh <laughs> compensate for those you know with with lesser intellect oh, than yeah. than him but yeah, yeah. so I, yes I, I mean I think back to Mr. Clark and uh and Mr. Clark, he stepped into the classroom and he told us what his challenges were. So it goes both ways in the same way when I walk home, walk into the house and, and my family says, hey, how was your day? It's like, you know, right now my wife has the flu. And so when I walk into work, you know, and they say, hey, you know, I was like, hey, here's how everything's going. I want to be real. Yeah. Like that's that's the essence of being fully human is like, man, life's a journey right. and it has challenges, ups and downs. And let's be honest about yeah. them. Well, and welcome to adulting. Uh, your book, the, we've read that as a family and then uh, outdated. You're very honest with the things that are shortcomings. So the first book I wrote was The Novice Advantage, The Advantages of Being New. Mm-hmm. And, but I lay out in the book all the things I did terribly as a beginning yeah. teacher because in that vulnerability that invites other people to say hey here's where I'm struggling too and then here's how we get better yeah. and so again that's looking at people as full human beings not as the polished version that we want people to be yeah. or that we want them to perceive us to be and yeah. so as educators we get to walk alongside people for a season to help them become more of who they're they're who they're becoming and so I feel like that is the work that I've been called to. And it's a huge blessing to have meaningful work to do every day. And so instead of looking at it as exhausting work, where do we find the life-giving aspects of it where it's not about us, it's focused on others. And I don't mean that in a magnanimous way. By taking the focus off of ourselves, it allows us to focus more on what flourishing looks like in others and focus on what God is doing through them and whatever part we might play. So You, You have to see past the lessons plan, the lesson plans, uh, past the syllabus, uh, past the the program, and see the person or see the student, and and make an individual investment in that student, and you know that, and then send them off into the world a better person. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great word to end on. So, JP, thanks for being yeah. with us. Thanks for having me, my friend. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Baylor Center for School Leadership. Watch for Dr. John Eckert's first book in the series starting in January 2023.